Welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. We help you stay happy, healthy and whole so your small business can thrive and stay vital in this ever-changing world with holistic coaches and small business owners, Jill and Dan. Hello and welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. I'm Jill and I'm here with my podcasting partner, Daniel. Hello, Jill and hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. And today we are talking about all things fat, from um, bodily fat to dietary fat. Um, Fat has got a bit of a bad reputation, so we want to bust some myths around fat. And um, hopefully you won't find it as, um, you'll find it as more of a friend than a foe. That's what we can call it, Dan. Fat, friend or foe. I was thinking of a few good titles for this one. Fat versus fat, or dietary fat versus body fat. I was going to call it the skinny on fat. Uh-huh, yeah exactly yeah i suppose it is a bit of another myth busting episode isn't it yeah because there's absolutely loads of rubbish information about fat out there these kind of false rumors are probably one of the leading contributors to poor diet habits and yeah. increased body fat really so mm. if we can try and cut through a lot of the crap and we'll talk about where this kind of, um, I don't know, bad image of fat came from, because it's come from somewhere, hasn't mm, it? So but yeah. there, is, there is an actual reason, and it's quite interesting. So we'll, we'll talk about that as well. Yeah. So um, a lot of people associate eating fat with getting fat or being fat, and they're two totally different types of things, don't they? It's like comparing apples and cheese. They are different. You don't get fat from eating fat, right? No, like, yeah, you said it's an association thing, isn't it? And it's really important to, to mention that. Pretty basically, it's just, it's the terminology behind it. Mm. Because the dietary fat and body fat have the word fat in. People just associate that it's the same thing, but it's it's totally different. They just get labeled as the same thing in people's minds. And if they don't look into it, they'll just assume that eating fat makes you fat. But it's totally not true. It's actually the opposite in most studies, isn't it? If you eat lots of healthy fats, and cut down on carbohydrates your body fat's going to decrease but sometimes trying to get that through to people is pretty hard because they market it too where you should eat reduced fat and diet this and zero percent fat they're all over the place aren't they and it's it's mm. it's a money spinning operation so i can understand why people automatically go for those products and those yeah. diets because it seems normal yeah now there's a massive myth around cholesterol and fat causing coronary heart disease right so this has been a myth that has been around for a long long time they still use cholesterol as a health marker um and it's just a myth isn't it dan this is an example of how study a study done a long time ago was misrepresented and misinterpreted and the guy cherry picked his data to to um kind of match up with his hypothesis so he used his um like you know whenever you do a scientific study you should take in all the all the data not just the ones that support your your hypothesis but this kind of got picked up and ran with for a lot of years a lot of years and I think there's a lot of people who probably still connect high cholesterol with heart disease right yeah like you said even now so this study happened in the 1950s which is forever ago but even to this day people's diets and diet information is still based on this information isn't it yeah but it's so it was by a guy called Ansel Keys and it was the seven country study and you mentioned before we came in there it was how many countries was it actually 
it, it studied actually 22 countries, but only seven of those countries supported his myth, his uh, <laughs> yeah. hypothesis. So, so he only just, used the seven that agreed with him. Yeah, so he cherry-picked those seven countries and called it the seven-country study, <laughs> even though it was 22. He came to a uh, conclusion, he called it the lipid hypothesis, and he found that, well, he allegedly found that high fat consumption led to heart disease. But there's been a lot of countless studies and many people debate the legitimacy and the results and pretty much found that it was inconclusive, to be honest. But based on his study, people were told to stop eating fat, things like butter and eggs and beef, and go for grains and carbohydrates instead. Mm. The government and the health organizations all took this as gospel. Trouble is where the, which we're going to talk about, when they took fat out of products, they put sugar in. So fat consumption went down, carbohydrate consumption went up, and as a direct correlation, diabetes and obesity skyrocketed. So there's di- a direct correlation there. And literally, we're talking like 70 years later, it's still happening. Yeah. So it just goes to show that a little lie told over a long time eventually becomes truth. Yeah, That's yeah. And there's lots of, lots of recent studies that um, say that, you know, chronic heart disease is a systemic inflammation problem. And we've already done a podcast on inflammation before. It's got nothing to do with the amounts of fat that you eat. Um, the fact that, like, it's it's a good visual, isn't it? You eat fat and it clogs up your pipes. <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, we all yeah, have this this yeah. vision that it's it's visual, isn't it? Um, but it absolutely doesn't. And um, yeah, it's just one of those things that's been carried through. One of the reasons why it um, got so popular was at the time it was President Eisenhower, and he had a heart attack. And so when Ansel Keys came out with his study it was really picked up because the president was um, obviously wanting to understand why he had a heart attack and how to stop people from having heart attacks. And this study kind of got, you know, really picked up and went, went for. So Ansel Keys, we've got him to blame for all of this when he's yeah. cherry picked data. Um, yeah. And but one of the countries that he um, chose not to um, include was France. Now France have a really high fat eating content <laughs> in their diets but they have only a third of heart attacks that we have in this country so it's clearly it was clearly not related to the amount of fat that they ate but he chose not to um, include those in his study and japan as well and yeah so these countries like france and japan and um, especially like european countries like switzerland and and belgium that's the quality of the fats they eat as well mm. so i've kind of unpasteurized cheese and healthy fish that counts for a lot. So just as a kind of word of warning, like any food really, but if you are going to start consuming more fats, again, try and get the highest quality possible. Because if you're going to eat kind of trans fats and hydrogenated fats, although it's got the word fat in, then we tell you to eat more fat. If you start eating partially hydrogenated <laughs> yeah. fats, like vegetable oils and margarines, that's going to have the opposite effect. Those are really unhealthy foods. So always aim for, for high quality. And we're going to give you some examples as well. Yeah, so um, you can eat cheese. Yay! Uh, as, lo- as wine and chocolate, cheese has got to be another favourite of mine. Uh, but of course, it has to be like artisanal cheese is best. Ones that aren't sterile. We've got that bacteria on them. I want to say about the um, homemade cheese that the lady does in New York. So yeah, this freaked, for me it, out. This, this freaked me out a little bit. But <laughs> if you say she's doing this, then she must be. So there's a lady in New York, right, who... 
um, will make your own personal cheese <laughs> made from your own bacteria. And she'll take swabs from in between your toes and under your armpits. And she'll use your own bacteria to um, whatever the word is for cheese. That's like fermenting it. It's like it's the bacteria on the cheese that actually creates the cheese, isn't it? So you can get your own, <laughs> your own but, foot cheese. <laughs> can it actually be called cheese because there's no kind of, I don't know, milk or dairy involved? No, no, she, you're not just eating the bacteria. You eat like, you know, it's, it's incorporated into the process of making the cheese. Oh, your own it's bacteria. Into, like cow's milk. Oh, right. Okay. I thought yeah, it was so just solely just 100% human bacteria. That would be pretty mean. Well, so, that's what you're making anyway, to be honest. But Yeah. <laughs> so like you can, she'll, the cheese is getting made, but it's the bacteria in the cheese that creates the taste of the cheese. So you could oh, have right. your, your own personal cheese. You'd be disappointed if you tasted it and you didn't like it, would you? <laughs> so you're so, yeah. <laughs> so you're allowed to eat cheese, whoop, but not the highly processed stuff, like, you know, as you said, good quality cheese. So should we go through a bit about um, different types of fat? Yeah. Good, the bad and the ugly, because it is really good, bad and ugly, isn't it? Yeah. So we've already mentioned, so the ugly is like trans fats, what you've already mentioned. Trans fats are bad. Can I talk a little bit about trans fats for a minute? Yep. Going around um, have you ever heard of Chinese gutter oil? No, but I um, don't like the sound of it. Okay, so Chinese gutter oil was basically the poor people of China went into the sewers and kind of like got all the old oils that, because, you know, that oils don't break down. And then mm. have you seen that giant fat ball that they got in Manchester? I've heard, about, I've heard about it, yeah. Yeah, so it's a giant fat ball. So basically... <laughs> Because it's not it's not water soluble, is it? So so yeah, so they clog up the sewers. So they got the fat. They and they basically got any old fat that had already been used, and they flavored it to add extra flavor with animal carcasses, like you know how joyous this is. And then they resold this oil to lots of big companies. Uh, this was like in the nineteen eighties. This Chinese gutter oil, and the uk equivalent of chinese gutter oil i'm not saying it is like the actual chance yeah. i think that all got stocked was um unilever short shortening have you heard of shortening? shortening yeah yeah which is like um crisp and dry you know that stuff that you spray ugh, mm. on lard um so all of that stuff was like just so basically hydrogen is it trans fats are the kind of all the mixture of all the other processes and anything that's left out is highly processed oil that got nothing good in it basically it's just chemicals it normally gets heated up it's heated up and used over and over and over again and it becomes carcinogenic so it wasn't really healthy in the first place and then it gets even worse by being reused and reheated all the time so it's just disgusting and that stuff will clog your arteries that stuff will clog your that stuff is not good for you so um, let's think about some foods that had them in. Doritos until very recently had trans fats in them. Um, Cheezos, I think that's a bit American, but that's mm. uh, um, some guy successfully sued Oreos, saying that they that it, the trans fats in there um, had caused his cancer. So that was a successful one. So most Western countries have now banned trans fats, but they can still be versions of them can still be found in some junk food. Yeah, and these things normally aren't on on the nutritional label either. They, no. Somehow there's loopholes and they get away with not labeling these things either. Yeah. Which is just shocking, really. Yeah, you can only tell when these things are in the food you're eating because they have that kind of greasy after effect. Even if, you, I know, if you had a bag of Doritos 
it leaves it oh, it's on your fingers it's like greasy kind of yeah, yeah. not nice is that I don't actually like Chinese food because because I just think of the that mono whatever that's what that was that MS, Chinese MSG oil. whatever it is yeah yeah now I've got it in my head about Chinese gutter oil I'm not keen yeah I, I think the standards would be slightly higher in this in this country <laughs> you would hope so yeah you would hope so I, I'm not a big fan of Chinese food anyway but um yeah so trans fats are the ones that are really really bad for you so let's keep away from them um should we talk about some of the good fats yeah there's there's loads of them and we in the, our last episode we we were speaking about diets or different types of diet and we pretty much both mentioned that we kind of good on the paleo keto type of diet yeah which does include a lot of healthy fats so yeah i'll let you rhyme a few off i know you've already mentioned cheese which is obviously one of your favorites cheese is good um many different types of there's so there's monosaturated there's polysaturated and there's trans fats and then there's different variations in those so those are the main like overarching fats and then there's different um kind of uh what's the word Dan? subcategories that's the word subcategories <laughs> well done so omega-3 is a type of polyunsaturated fat which they come as kind of the top of the tree don't they you know like your, your fish and um all of that kind of good stuff monosaturated fats is like olive oils and polyunsaturated fats are natural vegetable oils and saturated fats animal and dairy now those are the ones that we always thought that you should miss out like animal and dairy fats but Actually, they are really, really good for you. And you know how people like cut off the fat? You don't need to do that. That's good stuff. In fact, um, Weston Price, who we had to study for our Czech course, can you remember him? The dentist yep. who um, in the 1950s, he went around lots of indigenous tribes to study their teeth. And he also studied like a lot of their eating habits. And he noticed that um, when they kill an animal, the tribes people like really revere the fat of the animal. And in lots of cases, they could see them chucking the lean fat, so the stuff that we we would eat, to their dogs. They fed their dogs on the lean fat and they would eat the saturated fat. Yeah, it's and, the opposite to what we do. They do the same with the organs yeah. as well. They treat the organ meats as the, the best stuff, whereas we yeah. treat the opposite. Uh-huh. So like the liver and the fat was the most like the, the precious stuff of, of a kill. And in fact, what they found was the Inuit people, um, they ate the fat of whales and it was their only source of vitamin C. Yeah, and the their diets were, just to put this into perspective, Inuits and Eskimos, their diet is something like 90% fat. Yeah. And there's the whole um, movement of people going vegan and they say everyone should go vegan, it'd be better for the world. But if you give an Inuit or an Eskimo a 90% carbohydrate diet, their DNA is not built for that. And the fact that they're eating 90% fat and they aren't fat people goes to show that, again, it's a terminology issue, isn't it? Yes. And if you deprive yourself of fat, your liver needs fat, basically. All your hormones are made from fats. Um, a lot of essential functions of your body, like you were saying, your skin and your hair and everything is is um, requires fat. And if you don't give your body fat, your liver will try any way to make it, which would be to the detriment of other things like your hormones and stuff. Yeah, because your body's a system of systems when you're, let's say, robbing Peter to pay Paul, isn't it? If your liver's starting to rob things from other places, then to make fat, then those other places are going to be deficient. Yeah. The best thing to do is go to the source and have some healthy dietary fat. 
Yeah, I just want to mention tri- triglyceride fat. I probably said that, you know what I'm like with these long chemical words. <laughs> yeah. So this is palm oil and coconut oil, which sometimes gets kind of cited as a healthy oil. But the jury is still out on those oils. Um, there's not a lot of studies that have come up with anything conclusive that they are like the holy grail of health. So just yeah. be careful on those ones as yeah. well. You probably do have some health benefits, but again, like it's marketing this because it's, it's relatively new, like coconut oil, whatever, 10 years, mm. maybe it's been around. So it's like a, a big new boom and they put all the health benefits out there. And it probably does have so much, it's like antifungal, antibacterial, antimicrobial. So it is, it is good, but you don't just want to go and just dive in. You might be, again, you might have an allergy to nuts. So always kind of read both sides of the story. Absolutely. So, yeah, so the kinds of fats that we should be having are the omega-3s. Sometimes omega-6s get a bit of a bad rap as well, don't they? But they're not all bad. They're, again, moderation is key. It's good to know these things, but if you start getting bogged down in your ratios of omega-3 to 6, it'll become paralysis by analysis. If you just try and, just what we spoke about on the last episode, intuitive eating, and you just get the highest quality food you can, obviously include fats in there. Mm-hmm. then it should naturally balance itself out. And if you're really having some kind of um, bad health problems, get studied. Don't try and do this on your own and balance out your omega-3s to 6s. <laughs> it's probably pretty difficult. Get <laughs> yeah. like Go, go to a, like a high-level Czech professional and, they, and they'll help you out, do stuff like that. Yeah, right. So I've just read a really interesting study. Um, it was on junk food. until 29, It took until 2019 to study junk food. Can you believe that? Because, of course, who would be paying for the you know studies mm, to exactly. say they're beneficial so it took 12 till 2019 to do a study of junk food versus natural food so basically they had the same calorie intake but one was eating like mcdonald's and highly processed ones and the other ones were eating natural foods so same calories guess what the outcome was dan both diets contain the same amount of calories yes well, i think the outcome so the people who ate the junk food were drastically unhealthy at the end of it compared to the people who had healthy food yeah so basically the the junk food people put more weight on even yeah. though having the same calories and it massively affected their metabolic rate for weeks after as well yeah. even when they started eating normally so even if you are eating the same amount of calories like that's that's mad isn't it eating the same calories as somebody who is eating just the natural foods diet yeah. yeah, you're putting away and they're not. Yeah, because all calories aren't created equal. That's one of the exactly. big diet myths out here as well. Just because it's a calorie, that, that's it's not the same thing. So calories from steak and broccoli is not the same as calories from Oreos and Doritos. Yeah. It's, but uh, that's one of the modern day diet things. People think if they just count calories, they're fine, but they're not. You literally are what you eat. If you eat healthy food with the same amount of calories, that's what your body is going to be built of. If your body is built from Doritos and Oreos and McDonald's, <laughs> you're not going to be feeling too good. It's so true. And I was listening to this really interesting professor on this podcast the other day, and he was saying that um, the whole calorie thing, and like we were talking about, um, you know, Ansel Keys, the whole calorie thing came from somebody similar to him. And he was saying, you know, like, how do companies test how many calories is in something? And he's like, it's a very inaccurate way of testing things. And, you know, how do you know how much calories is in 
a stick or in a Dorito. Like it's 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 mainly a guess if that. So he's he was saying that calories should actually be ditched as a method of measuring what you what you're eating. And I think I actually quite agree with that. I don't do any calorie counting or any of that kind of stuff. No, I think it's good for for beginners. Yeah. Just, just to raise awareness of how much you're eating and even just start looking at food packaging. Even if it just gives them a little bit of awareness to realize how many calories might be in a family bag of Doritos. Because it might sound silly, but some people don't know. They, they yeah. have no idea. So and but that whole calorie thing as well would steer you away from fat because compared to carbohydrates, fat is really calorific, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, so it's got nine calories per gram as opposed to protein and carbohydrates, which have four. So mm. that's one of the reasons why people like some people do stay away from fat because they think, oh, it's got it's very calorie dense. So they think, oh, I'm going to stay away from that and I'm going to eat carbohydrates instead. Trouble is, if you just eat carbohydrates, which has only four calories per gram, as opposed to nine with fat, it's not very filling. Fat's very filling, but carbohydrates aren't. You get that crash if you just eat pure carbs. So you end up eating more carbohydrates than you would eat fat. So although it's got half the calories per gram, you eat more of it anyway. So, mm. so you're going to have extra calories at the end of the day. So if you can get your head around that, fat's going to although it's, it's more calorie dense, it's going to leave you feeling full and satisfied. Mm. I've, and also, if you're trying to up your, this is what I've found really, because I've been upping the protein, you know, I, I love a bit of protein, but when you up your protein, because you need protein for your muscles and everything else in your body, you actually increase your fat intake by quite a lot. Yeah, because protein and fat always come together on an animal. There's never protein yeah. without fat. They go hand in hand. So like you said before, people cut the fat off of the meat. But as a note with that, you shouldn't cut the fat off if it's a healthy animal. If it's a really unhealthy animal, then a lot of the toxins get stored in the fat, just like humans. So if you're eating like really cheap cuts of meat, a lot of the toxins can be in the fat. Mm. So people are actually getting rid of that unbeknownst to them. That's where the toxins are stored. So like we've already said a few times, try and get the best quality stuff you can, and then the fat will be healthy for you. Yeah. And that leads us on to kind of body fat as well, because like you've already mentioned there, our body stores its toxins in your fat. So I always think this when I see people losing weight quickly going on crash diets, like how many toxins are you actually releasing into your body? And they probably don't realize it. Yeah. It should be more of a slow and steady process, shouldn't it? Yeah. I've never seen someone who's lost weight really quickly. It's not a good look, is it? Mm, and people often get like flu symptoms, cold mm. symptoms as well. It's, it's that toxic, all those toxins stored in your body and then you start to burn fat and lose weight too quickly. Then you just get mm. that massive toxin release and your liver can't really cope with it. So you end up with spots and smell funny and you get cold and flu symptoms. Bad it's breath. Some, yeah, bad breath. It's not something I've, luckily I've always been in shape and I've always been exercising and healthy eating so I've never really experienced that but it doesn't sound pleasant and it makes sense but I can imagine why it's confusing for people they think well I'm eating healthier I'm losing all this weight why do I feel terrible yeah but as a rule of thumb is the longer the weight takes to come off the longer it'll stay off and it'll be a more easier transition and you probably won't get those effects yeah slow and steady wins the race every time do we want to talk a little bit about body body fat what is it where does it come from it has like we said it's got nothing to do with eating fat like you say it's the, the terminology because fat body fat and dietary fat have the same word in so people think eating fat is the same as becoming fat but imagine if you just 
give them different names. So instead of calling it body fat, you give it its technical term, which is it's adipose tissue. And then if you call it dietary fat, macronutrient three. If you give them, <laughs> so if you call it adipose tissue and macronutrient three, it wouldn't, there wouldn't be that correlation anymore. Yeah. You, you wouldn't perceive them as being the same thing as body fat and dietary fat. So it would probably that transition in your head would start to take place. But it's, it's obviously, that's never going to happen. But technically that's what they are. Body fat is adipose tissue and mm-hmm. dietary fat is just a macronutrient. It's cutting fat out as a, there's numerous studies have shown that it increases body fat because you replace it with other stuff, normally carbohydrates and sugar mm. and fillers and things like that. So yeah, it's, it's trying to get that into people's heads because it's, it's just so ingrained in society in our food products. That's, it's probably a hard battle for people to get their head around. Yeah. So when you have fat on your body, that's basically your body's energy reserves, isn't it? Yeah. It's insulation as well. Yeah. Especially for like us Northern Europeans, we were recording this in February. It's about minus yeah. two. I need insulation you, right now. You, That's my if, excuse. If you didn't have any body fat or you had very low levels of body fat, then you start to get detrimental health effects. That's one of the signs of a, a low. If you don't have enough fat in your diet, you're constantly cold. You're constantly hungry. You get dry skin. These are signs that you don't have enough fat in your diet. And it's, and it's really easy to increase your, your fat levels. A lot of these foods are really nice. Like you said, like fish, cheese, nuts, healthy animal fats. Who doesn't like all those things? I know. Yeah. I, I know. So, yeah, so we need to have enough fat on our bodies to function. And as you get older, your fat redistributes itself around the place. But that's more of a hormonal thing. Um, what's interesting is actually, I'm going to give you a little interesting fact that women, when they're starting to hit the perimenopause, which is just before menopause, start to lay down fat around their midriff, which is really, it's kind of like called a meno belly. But actually that kind of fat actually produces um, estrogen. So fat cells can produce estrogen. So the body's really clever and it kind of knows that your ovaries are going to shut down. And before your adrenal glands take over, there's kind of an intermediary period, which we call perimenopause, which is that in between. So your body's clever that it lays down some fat that will produce estrogen before your adrenals take over. So I think it's clever. So like, yeah, that belly fat that you probably hear, it's actually got a really good evolutionary reason for being there. Yeah, your body's kind of preempting that change is coming. Yeah, and it kind of helps you. It yeah. eases you through that transition. Yeah, that makes sense. But the society has told us to combat that, to not have any yeah. fat on. And then but, people go lower and lower calories and hammer themselves in the gym. and do Stress, of, yeah. Yeah, adding more stress to the system hmm. rather than just accepting it and flowing through it. Luckily, <laughs> us men don't have to deal with these yeah, with such things. with us being in bad moods about it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's even that's probably worse than actually menopause yeah actually getting the backlash from it yeah exactly well you know you men have got it easy you don't have to give birth so <laughs> let's not go into a man batching no, no. session you know so yeah so, so we'll 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 divert from that pretty quick otherwise <laughs> you're never gonna win so we, we've spoken add more fat into your diet mm-hmm. so fish nuts seeds animals avocados healthy oils Cheese. Cheese, yeah. Can't forget the cheese. <laughs> Don't forget the cheese. I'm going to outline a typical daily diet for someone who doesn't have enough fat in the, in the diet. So imagine okay. for breakfast, you would have maybe a bowl of granola or cereal, 
you put dried fruit on there and then you put skimmed milk on. So you're having pure carbohydrates with no fat. Then you might have a banana, which again is pure carbohydrates. But it seems healthy. You think I'm having some healthy grains with some fruit. I'm having some fat-free milk. But in fact, you've just had pure carbohydrates for your first meal. So what happens then is your blood sugar spikes. So you have a massive release of insulin. Trouble is your body then often produces too much. So that carbohydrate crash, which we all know about, which happens, which is we've all experienced that, it actually has a very technical name, which I read about, and it's called reactive hypoglycemia. Mm. Okay. So this is a reaction to low blood sugar. It's likely caused by carb-heavy meals, like I've just described. And this means you release too much insulin. So even after the food's gone out your blood, your bloodstream, your body keeps releasing more and more insulin. And this results in that kind of weak, hungry feeling. You know, you get that brain fog and you get like, you can often get shaky, mm-hmm. like tired and wired feeling. So what you do is you grab some more carbs to get rid of that feeling. But then you're on the roller coaster of going up and down, up and down. So that's when after you've had that breakfast, if you granola and your banana and your 0% fat milk, then at 10 o'clock you have a bagel or a, a cereal bar. So then your blood sugar spikes again, but then you crash at lunchtime. So you have a, I don't know, a chicken salad with a low fat yogurt. And then for tea, you would have pasta with wine and chocolate. You've had no fat and it's all carbohydrates, but you're just chasing that that high all the time. And that's not an abnormal diet for some people. Yeah. It'd be pretty normal. And eating that kind of diet, they'll be thinking they're eating a healthy, healthy diet. Because they've been told it's healthy. Yeah. Hard, healthy Mm -hmm. diet of grains and low fat Mm -hmm. and zero. But they've had so much simple carbohydrates all day and low fat and protein that the, the weight increases and the chance of diabetes increase, but they've been told it's a healthy diet. Yeah. So you can see how you can see what happens because that's a normal day for, for a lot of people. It's very confusing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And when you think that you're depriving yourself that much of fat and protein in that kind of diet, really, those are the two essential things. We have essential fatty acids and essential amino acids. We don't have essential carbohydrate acids or <laughs> glycemic <laughs> acids too yeah. so you know and that's where bulletproof coffee is really good as well because that is like a slow release fat isn't it so putting i know that we call it bulletproof but what, what does paul call it just coffee but i don't you, you have an air for it it's, it's just combining um, a healthy fat source with the caffeine and then they bind together and the, the caffeine releases slowly as mm-hmm. opposed to getting that caffeine hit it'll release slowly over time. So you don't, you don't crave as much of the day and it's a more even release of energy. And it, it does work, doesn't it? And it's nice if you use, um, mm-hmm. if you use healthy butter. Grass fed butter. Yeah. So butter is really good for you. Better off eating butter than any of those horrible margarine things. Yeah. If you knew some of the ingredients, which go into them, it's just disgusting. It's probably like that Chinese gut Chinese oil. Gut which, oil. <laughs> yeah. It's probably, it's probably not too dissimilar to be honest. Again, it has that greasy feeling. It's not even like it's a million miles away from real butter. They shouldn't even be allowed to be on the same shelf, to be honest, should they? Can't believe they can call it that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's yeah. what we should call it. <laughs> yeah. So we've, I've mentioned that kind of that diet there of carbohydrates out the day. An easy way to replace that would be instead of uh, a breakfast like that. So even just change your milk to full fat milk, try and get organic. Have some eggs on a morning. Instead of margarine, use real butter. For your snack, instead of a cereal bar, have some nuts or have an avocado. It's not that difficult to get these healthy fats into your diet. When you have your salad, use some um, some organic extra virgin olive oil as a dressing. It's getting these fats into your diet. Instead of having a massive bowl of pasta, maybe have 
smaller pasta and then have, I don't know, some organic fish on there as well. Get your healthy fats in. When they take fat out of foods, they replace it with sugar because they know that fat has that texture and that taste, which is nice, which we crave. So when you take it out, you have to put the sugar in, which leads to detrimental health effects. So making this change from a carb-heavy diet to a fat-heavy diet is not as hard as what you would think because it really it tastes really nice. It's a much nicer way to eat as well. Yeah. What you described there was kind of like my daily diet. <laughs> and you don't so, have to eat as much either. Yeah. Because it leaves you feeling full because we've already said it has almost it has more than double the amount of calories per gram. So you're not constantly <laughs> eating all the time. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, big thumbs up for fat. Have you gotten all your points out, Dan? I don't think I've got any others to say. Well, I think I wrote about 75,000 pages. So I'll just I, know you, I know you've got lots of uh, <laughs> <laughs> words written down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I think I've gotten through everything. Oh yeah, so this kind of pertains to most of the stuff we talked about. So people think that, cutting fat out of the diet is going to reduce the body fat but really the main influences on whether you gain or lose weight is your caloric intake it's the quality of food and its activity levels it's not just purely going low fat and obviously there's things like sleep and hydration but it's not you kind of just go on a low fat diet and expect to lose body fat it's never going to work oh and you know what i hate when people go i think we've done this in the myths busting ones when they go i'm going to turn this fat to muscle it's like saying I'm going to turn this book into a tree. <laughs> yeah. Two separate things, aren't well, you they? Can, you can turn a tree into a book, but you can do it <laughs> yes, you can. that was a bad example. <laughs> into a clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The two totally different things, fat and muscle. Yeah. So you cannot turn fat into muscle. You it's... lose the fat, you build the muscle. Two separate, yeah. two entirely separate processes. Mm. I think where that comes from, it's like an optical illusion. So especially when people start to gain muscle, so the, they're losing fat and then the, because they exercise and then eating healthy, they start to gain muscle. So the body shape, they think that fat is turned into muscle because the body shape's changing. They look bulgier. So you think it's just transformed into muscle, but no, you're actually gaining muscle on one side and burning fat on the other. But yeah, that, and that annoys me too. It's one of these things that's stuck around for time and it's just stupid, isn't it? Yeah. So didn't you have a little checklist in amongst all your books there of um, people who don't get enough fat? what the signs are oh so yeah some of the the signs that you're not getting enough fat are um, so these like symptoms so we mentioned a few you might always feel cold and you might always feel hungry these are pretty obvious signs especially in winter mm. if you just you get some people who are just i kind of warm i kind of warm up all day having some healthy fats might be a pretty quick way to do that mm-hmm. brain fog is a pretty common one hormone disruption you've obviously an expert on this kind of especially with the menstrual cycle and things like that, because fat builds hormones. Mm-hmm. So, and this is one I didn't know about dry skin and, um, and dry hair and even hair falling out is a pretty obvious sign that you've, you don't, you've eaten a low fat diet. So we don't want any of these things. <laughs> so we don't want it. No. I, I can um, safely say that. Yeah. Since I started going on a more high fat diet, my hair got better. My skin got better. No, really? Yeah. Yeah, so it works. It does work because I used to be one of the cut out the fat brigade, and now I'm completely against it because it wrecks it wrecks your systems. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people suffer with that brain fog. Simply, you know, mm. like you can't concentrate, and you kind of get your work done, and you just feel like yeah, that brain fog. It's not nice because you, your brain is sixty percent. The tissue of your brain is sixty percent fat. So imagine if you're not getting enough dietary fat into your diet. 
to supplement the tissues of your brain. No wonder you're going to be feeling stupid and slow and have that brain fog. Mm, I know. And like there was some research, I don't know if I mentioned it. I think I said to you beforehand, I don't know if I've said it in this podcast. Um, So there was some research that showed that postmenopausal women on low fat diets, it actually increases the heart risk of heart attacks and heart disease. Yeah, in fact, yeah, a lot of the research that done, the actual truth is the complete opposite, mm. which is scary because you get a lot of these products you see on shelves. They actually use the slogan heart healthy. So you might have yeah. margarine or I believe it's not butter or something or crisp and dry heart healthy food. When in fact, the tr- it's actually squarely opposite. It's actually Ooh, bad for your heart. Yeah, it's, it's crazy yeah. how they get away with it. So this is like a good example of how like marketing again, which we talk a lot about marketing overcoming yeah. like follow the, follow the money pretty much, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. So interesting one. So just yeah. on that note there, it's, it's because the, the there's money in people being sick. There's no money in curing people's health problems. Mm. You can get a lot of money from, from keeping people constantly on like a low level sickness because then they're always on pills and they're always buying diet products to try and get better. That's kind of where if to, to get really, not even conspiratorial, just that's it. That's what it is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's, it's disease maintenance. There's no money in cures, which is sad, but that's where it is. So if you listen to this podcast and eat some healthy fats, you can cure some of these issues. Like we've said, because we, we mentioned some stuff like dry hair, dry skin, being cold, but it can actually get really bad. You can get diabetes and obesity and those, those can kill you. And mm-hmm. we, we're in this COVID pandemic, one of the, the comorbidities, this one of the leading um, ways people are dying. He's shown that people with diabetes and obesity, the ones that die first or, or seem to be dying. So it's in eating all these low fat products can lead to diabetes and obesity. So it is a really serious issue if you look at it like that. Yeah. And then when you look at the government's guidelines on what you should, the food pyramid. And it's fats upside are, down. Yeah. Yeah. Fats are at the top and a little bit. It's like, no, you should be eating more of them. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's very interesting how like this, old outdated science is still you know it's totally misunderstood by the public but the the real science proves that we understand how it works like we've studied with the czech institute the information is there and it's proven it just doesn't get out to the public so hopefully we've we've cleared out a little bit it's because it's harder as well isn't it so one of those things there's no easy magic pill no but like we spoke about before like the way you eat like all those foods which are high in fat they're delicious so even if you're struggling to get your head around, I'm eating too much fat, just give it a go. Just try it. It's, if it's not for you, then at least you've tried. Don't just dismiss it. But I've got a funny feeling, like most people listening to this will be like us and Northern Europeans in winter. You want to be eating these calorically dense foods. Mm. And, and don't be worried that you have a lot of calories in because they'll leave you feeling fuller for longer. Yeah. You know, you know a little bit of information that blew my mind when I first learned it was like, you know, people who live in Scandinavia and they don't get any sunlight for like months, but their diet's high in fish. Like they get, vitam- so vitamin D is really high and like so get it from the animals. Yeah. So it's like nature provides their vitamin D source via their food because it's just really, nature's just really clever. I often watch these like wildlife programs and it blows me away how mother nature just, it's, everything is there and it's perfectly created. Mm. Trouble is humans are doing a pretty good job of, I know, fucking it up yeah, <laughs> exactly. and doing everything was, opposite to what it should be. I know I was listening to a really good podcast the other day with uh, Dr. Jane Goodall, you know, the um, girl is in the mist lady who, 
Um, she was the first lady to go out and study chimps in the 1960s. And oh, she, yeah, okay. The film Gorillas in the Mist yeah, yeah. was based on her. And uh, she was saying, like, at the time, she was coming back with all her research saying that these chimpanzees are forming relationships, they've got emotions and all of this, and they've got their own personalities. And she was basically thrown out of Cambridge University for saying stuff like that because it was, like, apparently against the laws of the, her professors were, like, saying, you can't say that, it's yeah. not right. But she was saying that um, because man is in, encroaching on the habitats and the wildlife of these apes and whatnot and killing them that's where hiv came from from them killing a certain type of monkey mm. and eating it like that we shouldn't have been doing and so all these viruses get released into the world when we shouldn't be meddling with these animals you know so yeah going against the laws of mother nature yeah so um, nature provides everything i always think but yeah oh, man's just fiddling on where they shouldn't be with the czech institute that's um that's the emphasis behind it it's if you just get back to nature, Mother Nature was designed perfectly. Humans are designed perfectly. Mm. You just get back to nature, you you can cure a lot of health problems. That's how random. Like, like even day. before, check the check stuff <laughs> like it's Hippocrates and stuff. Let medicine be thy food, and food be thy be thy medicine. They all knew this. The, the cure is in the cupboard. You don't have to get pills and things like that. It's just food, mm. normal, healthy, natural food. Yes, there you go. That's our rant for the day. Yeah, and just a, a quick note on before when you said uh, what was that? There's some Jane. Good all. Jane Goodall. So if she got outcast by the community she was in, that, like yeah. that happens quite a lot actually, doesn't it? Yeah. That makes me think of who's the author? Graham Hancock. Hancock. That the same <laughs> happened to him when he was when he was releasing new papers and new books and research about ancient cultures. And a lot of the books that had already been written and a lot of his scientific community, it went against all of their research. So instead of mm. them looking at the research themselves, they just dismissed it as not being true. And he got kind of outcast, but that's not the way science should work, is it? No. You need these people who go out there and discover new things. And I remember hearing Paul checks it because he's, again, he's experienced this when he first brought the Swiss ball in and things like that. And people were calling him a sissy and said, what's a Swiss ball doing in a gym? And then 30 years later, there's 10 Swiss balls in every gym. <laughs> every gym has a Swiss ball. Yeah. yeah. And he said, you can you can tell who the pioneers are, the, the ones with the arrows in the back. And that always stuck <laughs> with me. And it's true, isn't it? There has yeah. to be someone who does something first. Yeah, that's a little bit of a tangent, but it's interesting. So there we go. Are we finished? Yep, that's fat all wrapped up. Okay. Well, listeners, thank you for listening. Moral of the story, go out there and find some healthy fats. It's it's okay. You're probably healthier for having them. Yeah. Eat fat. What's that that rhyme? Jack fat. What? Jack Sprat could eat no fat. His wife could eat no lean. Have you never heard that one? No, no. Yeah, well, eat the fat. Eat the fat. That's yeah. what our message is for today. Cool. So what are you up to this week in February lockdown 3.0? Uh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm just, um, I am on my reformer practicing and I've just been teaching my husband as well. So I'm loving it. It's good. I've just taught a class this morning, kettlebell class, which I love and just teaching my classes online, basically just waiting for the day we can reopen. Keeping mentally strong as well as physically strong. What exactly. about you? That's exactly what you should be doing. Mm. So, yeah, like you said there, I'm just kind of waiting for the things to take a turn, really, so I can get back to work. But I know. I've got a good routine where I keep myself healthy and especially mental health. It's really important, isn't it? Make sure I get outside, do some exercise, keep busy. So, yeah, my life's a little bit slow at the moment, but I'm kind of trying to keep my fingers crossed that things 
open up a little bit and I don't think things will go back to what we would call normal as in a year ago but mm. hopefully we get back to some sort of normality sometime soon yeah I think this with this lockdown the weather is like matching the mood of the country and oh, I think in the summer weird, it was a totally it? different vibe going on whereas this time I think this is an endurance race and we're in we've got a and becoming looking after your mental health is becoming the most paramount thing of through all of this yeah I think we should do a, an episode on mental health tips because yeah I think it's really important and I think some people are probably afraid to admit that they're struggling because it's still a bit of a taboo subject isn't it mm-hmm. discussing mental health it's better than what it was but yeah even people are just feeling that kind of low level depressed I think it's normal and it's pretty common because of the circumstances yeah I, I think like like you and I are pretty mentally resilient I would say whereas and and I've been struggling this week with it all just like oh god when's it gonna end when can I reopen and da, da, da. whereas like people who already struggled with their mental health and like wakes oh, god, it yeah, like yeah. you know who's starting to find it a bit of a, a challenge whereas if you've already got that challenge it must be so difficult just an, the overwhelm of it all yeah yeah. yeah so yeah that's a good idea let's do that one as well yeah right cool so we'll wrap that wrap that one up there okay thank you for listening listeners don't forget to subscribe and pass the pod cool bye